bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for the great Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. Thank you to Associated Bank for being a founding partner of the new 1017 The Truth. Together, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and supporting Black-owned businesses. Whatever your financial needs are, Associated Bank can help you. Associated Bank is a member of the FDIC. And actually, the people at Associated Bank are very, very good at what they do. Uh, they and I'm this is this is some free a free plug for you all. Uh, they are actually big sponsors of Mad Reps uh, Diversity Survey, where we do a survey every year to talk about how. Uh, how many people of color women are in your management or in your, um, you know, in your career, career scope, how many people work at your organizations, uh, how many people are in management, how many people sit on a board, how many of those people are people of color women. And so shout out to Associated Bank for being a consistent partner in our communities, both in Milwaukee and Madison. So Vincent led us to, he he pointed out some great stuff. I, I thought it was great, which was how did we get to this surplus? Six point six billion, eight point four billion just doesn't fall out of the sky. So how did we get to this surplus? Where I'm asking you all, what should we be doing with this? And so I want you to hit the talk and text line at eight three three two one two one zero one seven. So how did Wisconsin get the budget surplus? While the governor's office and the state legislative branch would like to take credit for prudent financial planning, it's the federal government. It's the federal government. It's the federal government that helped reduce state spending and boosted state revenues by enacting pandemic relief bills in 2020 and 2021. Those bills, including the American Rescue Plan, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief and Economic Security, also known as CARES, the CARES Act, and the Families First Coronavirus Response Act bolstered the state east, the state's economy, said Jason Stein. Jay is a good reporter. 
He's a research director at Wisconsin Policy Forum. Wisconsin Policy Forum report estimated that state and local governments collected at least $19.9 billion in pandemic and related funds. So the federal government was basically responsible for $19.9 billion. The federal government took on unemployment costs, insurance spending that otherwise the state may might have felt the need to help out with, Stein said. The federal government helped to an unbelievable degree on both the revenue side in terms of stimulating the economy and on the cost side with lowering existing costs and keeping the state from having to spend money. Now, I can vouch for this because I ran a program called the Main Street Bounce Back Program where we gave out $10,000 grants. The money allocated to me and my organization was $13 million. We gave out $10,000 grants to those individuals looking to open, start a business and move into a new space or a vacant space. And there were certain rules and stipulations that you had to meet. But quite honestly, it was it wasn't hard to get that 10,000. Besides the federal stimulus money, Wisconsin is projecting state tax revenue increases in fiscal 2022 and 23 based on current state and federal tax laws. $744 million in state tax revenue increases in fiscal year 2022 and 23. That's a 3.6 increase over the previous fiscal year for a total revenue estimate of $21.293 billion. million in state tax revenue increases in fiscal year 23 and 24, a 1.5% increase, and then $855 million in state tax revenue increase in fiscal year 24 and 25, a 4% increase for a total estimate of $22.472 billion. So what you had was a state that was pretty aggressive about not spending money, and they were cautious about school funding and increasing local government funding. And so when Vincent talked about some of that money, again, a lot of that was from the federal stimulus, $19.9 billion. We're going to go to Deborah. You're on the truth. One on one, seven, the truth. Hi, Um, Jason, you're asking the question about what should be done with that money. But I think the question really is, who, who cares? Who does this matter to? The everyday person I don't think even knows about the surplus. And most people, unless they have a vested interest in the improvements of the city of Milwaukee, may not feel committed to doing anything about it. I remember there was a time, and I don't know if it still exists, community brainstorming used to be the place where we would go. We would get our education about what's going on in the community and some suggestions about what could be done. I don't know if that still exists. But when you talk about spending money and improvements in any city, it's all about who are the people that have a vested interest and who are the people that would be willing to make noise. As just a regular person and somebody who I'm just renting and I may not really care about anything other than safety, I may not care about this surplus. I may not understand the connection to this surplus could also help me with safety. So for me, the question is, who are the people that we need to be reaching out to to educate about these are the things you need to be aware of. This is what you can have input on, and this is how you do it. Where I live now, I get something in the mail 
on a weekly basis about everything that's happening in my community. Is that what's going on in Milwaukee? How are people learning about what's going on? And who are the people that have the vested interest and are willing to do something about it, such as come together and develop some ideas or suggestions? That's my comment. Thank you, Deborah uh, from Arizona. That is that's a great question uh, and, and a great statement. You know, who are the people that have a vested interest? And I'll take a wild stab at that and just say, you know, when you look at whether it's the people from housing, whether it's people in business, there are groups. And I think I'm a, I'll continue that. But Al from Milwaukee, you're on the new one on one seven, the truth. Yes, I want to say thank uh, thank you for taking my call. I would say out of this out of this money, invest the money into education, technology in the middle school, the high schools. You got some high schools have HVAC, carpentry, electrical, uh, plumbing. Other schools have, um, you know, combustible engines on semi trucks or even teach them how to drive semi trucks. Other schools teach them how to work on airplanes. See, the problem we're having right now. There are certain parts of the community that has been neglected. And what we have is people who look like us who have created that half and half not. Mm-hmm. Meaning they will use your your neighborhood as their struggle to tell you where they came from. And then when they get on their toes, they talk like they drinking while I was rose and take the money and start putting it to other communities is not that's not serving your community that they cried about that you use the vote for them. So we're going to put an invested interest. We're going to put it in the whole place of Milwaukee so everybody can have an opportunity, which means I'm not going to say I'm from 53206 and I'm always getting evicted. And all of a sudden we got money replaced guns that got spirits. But then we, when you go to certain parts, it's beautiful, it's flourish. And then when you come to one side, you see the, the, the lack of care. But then you say, well, why they didn't pull themselves up by the bootstraps? So, you know, it's going to I would do something where everybody can everybody can be somebody, because if you can educate and lift people, that will help boost the economy, because now they have everything they need to be phenomenal and outstanding versus you have these businesses in business districts and our community. But the people who live in the community was not notified. And they're coming an hour from all these outskirts, uh, these from these outskirts making money and taking it home to their community. Put that money in the inner city so you can see we don't have the have and have nots and the level field. The level field is is evil playing ground so everybody can be successful. But if we're not doing that, we're going to continue to have the have and have not. We tell you what we're going to do, but we give you an excuse what we can't do. But all of a sudden, we got money to buy guns that shooting people after they've been dead. How about that? Al, like always, you 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 offer some some great points, and I find myself agreeing with you. Um, I am here. Thank you, Al, for the call. Uh, Thank you. I, I want to, Al. I just want. Some, I'm thinking to myself: Is Al ever going to run for office? I I I'd support you, Al, because I I think you got some good good ideas. Uh, I love the ideas with the school stuff because I think you really need to. We really do have to start. And, and Deborah and I, I think, brought together um, just a, a whole way of looking at this thing. Who needs to hear these things? And then how do we educate those individuals? And the value added proposition, and I think like Al is saying, it has to be some kind, something of value. You know, 
Because I think what happens a lot of times is we get these individuals that come into the community. They want to help. And then when it first off, they they get the wrong people. Then they deal with the wrong people. Then the community gets burned. And so what happens is you've just left a trail of tears and, uh, and, and mistrust. And so nothing happens. And then we get another group that wants to come from the outside and help. And then it doesn't work because they keep repeating the same process. And then we don't get anywhere. Instead of using the people in those community, helping educate them to do this kind of stuff. That's how this has to happen. And why aren't we, why, why isn't there a, a mass push to say to the people in in the, in the city of Milwaukee, as, as my mother, Deborah said, every, she gets something every week. Why aren't we, and I get it. Sometimes it's difficult, but we gotta, we, we have to, and, and to a certain degree, stop making excuses, particularly when you have that kind of money. Is it, should it be in the city coffers to hire a ground team? Cause not everybody is getting mail and not everybody is getting flyers and not everybody is getting internet stuff. So you definitely need a ground team like we used to do when have people do doors and you pay them to go door to door and leave stuff. Shouldn't we have a strategy where we, we take all of those vehicles and utilize them to say, Hey, it's $8.4 billion on the table. We need a game plan. We need, here's how it impacts you. Nine times out of 10, when people are not involved. And I think this is to my mother's point is because people don't see the value or how it impacts them. And if all they've seen is people come into the community, use the community, take resources from the community, they get rich off the community and then they leave then I'm, 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 I'm with them. Why, why even bother? And so I think there needs to be, again, when we look at those and I, I can't thank my mom and Al enough because I think they both hit, hit the nail right on the head. Who does this matter to? It matters to those individuals running those housing programs. It matters to the business community Black business community, because there's a difference between the black Milwaukee business community and people like, you know, people at the MMAC who have a different kind of, um, you know, they have a different sort of agenda, um, which tends to be much more bigger, broader. And so you have to have those individuals in places like the Wisconsin Black Chamber, the Business Council. Um, the African-American chamber, the Latino chamber. So, yeah, those organizations should be at the table. But those organizations should also be partnering with education institutions. Because, you know, we've been sort of dropping the ball on tying the future into business and to creating pathways of success for this new generation coming up. I'm not sure where the ball dropped or when it dropped. I just know it's dropped. And we need to do something about it. And so when we look at those things, then we can start having a game plan. I think for the most part, if all of you, if you've been listening to me every time I'm on here, I, I come back to what's the strategy and what's the game plan. For me, everything comes back to that. Because, again, with eight point four billion dollars, we should have a game plan. I love what I was saying, because I do believe we need to get more kids into a trades apprenticeships. And we need to expose them to more. Not everybody's going to college. We already know that. 
And so what's the game plan? There should be a balance. We need more firefighters. We need more police officers. We need more doctors. At this point, we need to be creating small pilot programs to do all this stuff because it's just clear. It's not happening. It's, it's just not happening. And I don't like to spend a whole bunch of time on why something ain't happening, because quite honestly, that don't that don't make no sense to me. I just know it's not happening. Yes, we can. After a day or two of understanding why it's happening. Fine. Let's fix the problem. But what we tend to do is focus more on talking about why. And we sacrifice progress for perfection. We'll have more conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for the great Dr. Ken. Tune in to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris for his financial empowerment interview with Northwestern Mutual. They are a national leader in financial services, and every month, Dr. Ken Harris will be speaking with a representative from Northwestern Mutual about investing building generational wealth and how to best reach financial freedom. On Wednesday, January 18th at 4 p.m., Dr. Ken will be joined by Northwestern Mutual Financial Advisors, Erica Wright and J.B. Bell, where they will be breaking down how someone with a yearly take-home income of $70,000 or less can financially plan through 401k, Roth, IRA, life insurance, and many other financial investment options. If you fall into this category, you will not want to miss the free advice on Wednesday, January 18th at 4 p.m. on The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. We've been discussing $8.4 billion Wisconsin surplus funds money. What should we do? Last caller said, uh, two last two callers, well, who, who, should, who will be benefiting? Who does it matter to? Let's tighten that up. Al said, you know, we got to make sure we're starting investing in the inner cities. Diane on our text and text line, talking text line said, invest in transportation programs to get people to jobs. The jobs are there. Training programs and transportation programs. Stop these staffing agencies from pimping workers. Uh Oh, Diane getting a little gangster on us. Um, Diane, I, I would love to hear more, but I, I agree. And thank you all for commenting on, you know, the ideas in the discussion about who does this matter to? And let me ask for forgiveness because I take for granted sometimes that I'm close to all this stuff. And the question of, well, who does it matter to? And how do you communicate that? And how do you get them involved? And I think as elected officials, sometimes we do what I did. We take for granted that we're in this space and people will automatically know. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, you ain't living well. You know we got problems. You should care. And that's kind of um it's kind of a 
a, a, a naive way of thinking. And, and I'll admit that because when you're worried about day to day stuff, you know, you, you got other things on your mind and I can see where voting is not your top priority. I get that. Still think you should do it, but I, I but I do understand where that comes from. And I think we have to do a better job, not just elected officials, but other people in the community. And I've taken for granted that I had parents and the old guard here, the older guard, the Kurt Harris's and his wife, the Marvin Pratt's, you know, the uh, Jim Milner's, the I had a lot of folks, the Michael um, McHale. Why Mike's names is just I'm brain dead right now. Um, Michael Holt. I had a lot of those folks um, who I could go to who taught me. And so, in fact, when I first ran for office, Ken Johnson, who was a former school board member, when I first ran, Ken would come to our house and I would sit on a couch and Ken would grill me on what are you going to say? How are you going to respond when you go to people's door? What's your two minute speech? I had a lot of people like that conditioning me, training me, rearing me. I had a lot of folks in my corner and so I apologize sometimes if I take that for granted because not everybody had that. And so when we talk about this much money, we do have to do a better job of communicating. Why don't or why doesn't our community know, hey, it's it's six point six billion dollars. What do, what do you think we should be doing? Transport investing in transportation programs. I agree, Diane. In fact. In, in my organization, we created one where we have three vans taking people in to and fro from work. And in fact, I subsidize five hundred dollars for each of them a month. So you you absolutely right. We should be doing that. Training and placement. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And so. As we talk about that and wind wind this discussion down. I was thinking about this money and what should be done and something Something around crime. I wanted to just cover this. In 2022, there were 224 homicides in the city of Milwaukee. 224 homicides in the city of Milwaukee. So I want you to put all this together and I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk you through how I see some of this stuff and how I think about some of this stuff. 22, 224 homicides. In the city of Milwaukee, $6.6 billion of reserve funds. County Executive Crawley allocated $2 million to help renters become homeowners. Bravo. There's also shout out to these individuals. Uh, woman Malele Cog, it looks like in her district, there's a seven story office and retail building for small businesses. That could come to Bronzeville. And I think you all who are familiar with Bronzeville, I think they've been doing a good job of trying to redevelop it, bring it back. Uh, a lot of good movement. And so shout out to to them for looking at the seven story office and retail building. I, I don't think it's a bad thing, uh, you know, and I have to get out of this this mindset of what I would do. But uh, kudos to Alderwoman Malele Cogs and to the air, the individuals over there in that area, the building would have around 4,000 square feet on the first floor, commercial space, six floors around 18,000 office space, 
with the idea of leasing each floor to one tenant. When we talk about what we would do with this money, then I'm going to get to the homicide. As I go around the state and in my area, which is around eight counties, we consistently hear transportation, child care and housing are issues. So what I've proposed and what my team is saying is, listen, when you have these kinds of vacant buildings, maybe there could be some dollars to rehab these buildings and create a daycare on the first floor with some housing above that and then attach a transportation kind of pilot program to get these folks to and from work. The goal being, how can we kill three? How can we kill three birds with one stone? That's a Jason Fields kind of mindset. So when we talk about what should be done, um, those are the things that I'm looking at. How do we become efficient? That's from an economic development point of view. From an education point of view, one, we have to have, have a real hard come to Jesus meet. And just everybody need to get out their feelings. It's not working. I think we can all admit it's not working. And so what is working and what's preventing us from doing what works? We know, as Al said, there are a lot of programs and things we could be doing. With the way innovation is moving, you almost don't need to have your child in school. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just I just want to paint the picture. Do you not know that with YouTube, with the invention of the Internet, you literally can get degrees and learn new skills and technologies and not even have to leave your home. So somewhere we've lost our ability to be to tie innovation into passion. So. With that money, I would look at that. I would also maybe it's time we look at what's going on with our teachers and how do we start either paying them more or recruiting more teachers. And so those are the kinds of things that I think are just a little bit of what we would do. But let's say we did do all those things. With 224 homicides. Will those things even attract more people? We'll have more of this conversation on on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And we are concluding and wrapping up our discussion about the Wisconsin state. The state of Wisconsin has a surplus $6.6, billion, depending on what year you're looking at. And we had callers call in and and let's say we we figured some of this stuff out. We said we want to do the 
education stuff. Well, hopefully, hopefully um, we want to look at the job trainings. What you hope is that all the if we do these things, it will impact the number that I'm looking at right now. 224 homicides in 2022, which I believe is the highest. So three years in a row, the number has been going up. 224 homicides. And ladies and gentlemen, Milwaukee is not like Chi-Town. Like this, we're not like Chicago, where we're so big that, you know, you, you almost get used to 224. We're, we're not Chicago, where it's so large and it's so many people that you don't notice that. Here we notice. And, and, and to the media, uh, I'm going to say this. I've noticed a difference between living in Milwaukee and living in Madison where around here, we seem to rush to, to talk about negative stuff. We, 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 we like, we can't wait to get that. Somebody done died. Gosh, we can't wait to talk about it or get it out. And I'm going to be very honest with y'all in Madison. And I told Tasha, I said, have you noticed that like the same stuff happened? Don't get me wrong. Madison got people that, but I'll tell you, you never know it. you never know it because there is, there is something about them where they like, no, we not rushing. We not proud to talk about how many people got killed. And I'm not saying anybody is proud, but I am saying this to the media. Y'all could, y'all could slow down a little bit, you know, take a day off. Sometimes take, take time out to, to just cover some positive stuff. Because what happens is you get inundated with this stuff to the point where you almost get used to it. So 224 and 83% are black. 77% are male. So with these dollars, given that. Is, is it is it not time for us to go, OK, what do we need to do? to get to the people who need to hear this. And I always criticize Tom Baird, who, you know, me and Tom were cool. Uh, Tom gave me my first job. Uh, love him to death. Disagree with him on a, a bunch of things. But I was, I was always irritated when they would say, hey, we're going to the churches. For what? Ain't nobody up in church robbing people. If they are, that's just, we done went to a whole that's just worse than I can even imagine. But the people who committing the crimes, not sitting up in church on Sunday, why are we talking to them? Take these police officers, grab you a crew and start going door to door and start going, Hey, I need to come in. You need, I need to talk to you. Come outside for a second. So, you know, this whole, we, we want to be gingerly and nice and mushy about this stuff. I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't get how a city can be under control by thugs and criminals and don't nobody want to do nothing about it except for talk about it. That don't make sense to me that it, it, it's never made sense to me. So when we look at this stuff, how long do we believe that when opportunities come where there's $6.6 billion on the table, if we don't start reaching out to the people who should care 
And then as Diane said, as Al said, start directing toward those funds towards programs on the front end that would keep people from doing this stuff in the first place. Later on this week, uh, I think tomorrow I have representative door Drake on the show. Uh, Thursday, I'm going to have uh, Tanetta uh, Darcel Carter. I believe that's Tanetta's full name. Tanetta is um, aspiring to be a venture capitalist. Uh, she's helped raise money and funds, young black woman. And then I'm bringing to you all Friday, uh, two young black folks who their idea is they, they both work in gaming, uh, intelligent, highly intelligent, respectable young black folks. And they said, Jay, we want, we want to touch base with you and talk to you about some things uh, about gaming. And one of the ideas that I thought that they had was, I thought was brilliant. And we need to foster those kinds of ideas. And there needs to be a two prong attack, a two prong strategy, meaning yes, we have to help out the people who need the help. Yes, we have have to help out the least of those. At the same time, we cannot ignore people who got their stuff together and leave them out to fend for themselves. Because there's a bunch of folks who chose not to be out here wilding out. And if we don't, to a certain degree, figure out how to make sure they're good, those people don't stay. They leave. And so... I don't think it's an either or strategy. You can have a strategy with $6.6 billion on the table that says, Hey, we want to make sure we are helping out those individuals who, who need it, who had some breaks, who made some mistakes. Yep. We should do that. Simultaneously though, we should also be looking at those kids and those people who got their stuff together and not leave them to just fend for themselves. And so there has to be some kind of initiative and strategy to do these things. But again, as I said before, if you're not even at the table, you own the menu. The reason why the community should care and back up your elected officials at any level is because this is how it works. If you send your elected official, whether it's at the city, county or state government to fight on your behalf, and they are fighting against anywhere from 90 to, you know, 90 to 70, 80 other individuals not from your area. They want to start seeing, well, who's behind you? So if you send me there and I'm fighting on your behalf, but you don't have my back, then what those other people see is, well, it's just you. We don't have nothing to worry about. And so you want to you want to make sure that when we're 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 advocating and fighting for these programs and these dollars, that number one, we're all in this together. And I think I said a couple of days ago or today yesterday how people started getting picked off. But I'd be curious to hear from you all and I'll be here again all week long. Why? And maybe it's me. Maybe maybe it's me. Why have we seen no progression? I do not understand why we have not seen any progression. When I got into the legislature, I was 30 years old. I'm, I'm, I'll be 49 this year in January. 
And I remember one of my first days, the Speaker of the House, a white guy by the name of John Gard, came up to my office. He said this. He said, I don't. He said, help me understand something. The white guy, Speaker of the House, most powerful guy in the, in, in the state. He said, if what was happening with education was happening in my area, white people would be up in the uproar. He said, why, why, why is no, he was, his, his point was, why y'all not yelling at the top of y'all lungs and showing up like, Hey, enough is enough. And some people do do that. Some people do do that. And some people will say, well, it's about the money. I don't know. It's not always about the money. I don't know if you can win me with that argument because I've seen other places that's, that has higher poverty than Milwaukee and their kids are learning. So it's not always about the money. There's something going on and we don't really want to talk about it. And, and I'm not sure why we don't really want to talk about this stuff. Because year after year, generation after generation, you know, we're, we're either stagnant or best case scenario will increase by 1%. And I'm not saying education is the only issue. I mean, when you, when you're living in poverty, yeah, it's some other things, but we have enough people in this community that if we really want it, if we really want it better, we could, we could do better. We have enough people in this community where if we really are tired of being sick and tired, we'd really do something about it. Milwaukee, not that big. But I don't think we do. I don't, I don't think we, we won't change. I don't really think we do. And so what happens is people over time start going, you know what? It's, it's, it's greener grass somewhere else. And that's a detriment to us. Not to mention the loss of the lack that there seems to be this gap between the, the, the folks who've been there and done it between this newer generation. You know, um, you have those those Howard Fuller's, those, those Tyrone Dumas's people who've paved the way for a lot of us. And you almost have this 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 is it's a new group or crop of kids who maybe they don't appreciate that as much. We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields filling in for Dr. Ken Harris, who is on assignment. And we were just talking about the the funds that are in the Wisconsin reserves. Six point six billion dollars. Who who should it matter to and what should we be doing? And before we close for the end of the day, Yolanda from Milwaukee, you're on the new one on one seven. The truth. What you got for me? 
Hey, sir. Welcome to the radio station. Love to hear your voice. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to touch bases real quick, what you just said. While we keep on talking about it, it's, it's becoming, we're talking so much about it, our ashes is becoming nothing. Mm. So I, this is my thing, because we got a lot of people that follow you guys. A recommendation would be if we're talking about a uh, subject and we need to be attentive, it would be nice for them to have a website so we can click on and follow the links because we, some way, somehow, we became lazy in doing our own work. <laughs> we can talk about it. We don't have, some people don't know the idea of where the next move or where we need to go. We know it need to be done, but it would be so nice if we can have like links. I know they have a, a Facebook page that I'd be on every day. Just following the link to get us where we need to be or anything that can get us started talking about this Instead of talking about it, moving on it. Because I noticed that, too. It's a whole lot of talk. And it is so disturbing that when you go outside of Milwaukee into these suburban areas, how these kids are thriving and how education is thriving so much. And it's scary that we have to send our kids out just to get the education. But real quick, I used to be an educator. And it is hard Mm-hmm. to get parents to participate. I, I started off as a PTO parent, administrator, moved my way up, and just getting the parents active, it was so heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. I don't think that they don't want to do it. They lives are so consumed with working and paying bills and schooling. I just don't think they had the time. But that is something that we really do need to act on and stop talking about it because like you say, like the news, we get used to it. It's almost like you get accustomed to looking for balance or looking for things. And we need to start bringing these babies to the forefront that's doing things in life. And Mm -hmm. it is more of them than it is the bad kids. And that's why I don't look at no news channel. I can't stand the news. I can't stand it. They're disrespected. They're disrespectful for the black culture. I'm just saying that. You know, you don't got to wake up to bad news. It's things going on good that these black babies are doing. And we need to start talking about that more instead of talking about the helping the oppress oppress us. And that's all I have to say. Yolanda, you have a good one and welcome. Thank you. I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate those comments. Uh, And you all, let me end on this. There is a lot more good in our community. In the words of Reuben Hopkins, Reuben Harpole, I'm sorry, Reuben Harpole, who used to say, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Um, It's up to us to do all these things. And so I think we just have to make sure that, like Yolanda said, and like all the callers said, there there should be a game plan. And I, I do like those ideas. But there are more kids doing great great things we do need to start bringing some of the positive stories to the forefront and my wife and tells me all the time jason it's hard and i get it i i get being a teacher is hard being a parent is hard i get it um 
but I have to be optimistic about it because if I didn't, then why are we even doing all this stuff? Right. And so to end on some positive notes, I'm going to be highlighting a few of those talented young folks because I'm a firm believer in that. So I want to thank you all for giving me another day, putting up with my voice. You've been listening to Jason Fields. This is Dr. Ken Harris on a new 101.7 The Truth. See you tomorrow.